The view was astounding. Black Comb Peak in British Columbia, Canada, an extreme skier's dream. I literally stood at the precipice of four vertical chutes. I'd never seen anything like it. All I had to do was stand in place and circle around to take any one of the chutes. Of course, spending the better part of a day hiking to the top of Blackcomb, turning back wasn't an option. And honestly, really wasn't an option. I was going down one of these chutes. Fear swept through my body. My heartbeat increased speed and pounded in my chest. Altitude was not the cause of my shortened breaths. It was knowing if I fell at any point careening down the mountain, I was dead. But fear had never stopped me before. So I lifted my skis and plummeted downward, not touching the ground for nearly 15 feet. And yet, many of you listening right now feel more scared, more intimidated of mentoring other couples than I did plummeting down Black Comb Peak. And that's a problem. This is what we're focusing on today. We are focusing on taking your relationship to the next level. I am wrapping up a series, and I thought we need to talk about this. I need to expose some lies. I need to encourage you. I'm going to challenge you today. I'm going to punch you square in the face because what I'm talking about today is not an option, so I don't honestly care whether you're scared or not or intimidated of doing this, of taking your marriage to the next level. So what I'm talking about today is becoming a marriage mentor. So you want your relationship to be healthy, and if you have gone through one of the courses at smalleyinstitute.com. If you've, you know, joined a small group, if you uh, have read the right book or gone to the right event and things are turning around and your marriage is actually becoming the marriage you wanted all those years earlier, then you can't stop. We never reach the top and we have to consistently keep going to the next level in our relationship. And honestly, the best way to do that is becoming a marriage mentor. It's applying the knowledge and skills on how to love each other better with other people. One of the lessons I learned in graduate school was you, you can't take people further than you've gone yourself. So working on your relationship, becoming healthy, that's important. It's actually critical on, uh, on, well, not just growth, but becoming healthy is clearly going to help you in every aspect of your life. I don't know why I'm struggling getting the words out for this, but it's, it's your job. And by the way, if you claim to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you got one job. One job, and I don't know, 
This is really funny. Um, have you seen the memes on the internet on you had one job? I've actually chosen my favorite meme and posted it on this very post <laughs> at smalleyinstitute.com. Um, I'll describe the one that I chose. <laughs> so this is on the theme of you had one job. So the picture is you had one job. So someone snapped a photo from their phone while driving. And you know, if you're down a, a, a road, especially just a two lane road and down the middle are the two yellow straight lines that divide the two lanes. And when there's a double straight line that doesn't have the hashes, that means you're not allowed to cross. Well, somebody was drunk driving the painting truck for highways and roads. I mean, drunk bad, because as you look at it, there's one of them is actually the left yellow line is straight, but something happens with the right side, man. That thing kind of like I careened out of control off a of black comb peak. This guy, man, I don't know what happened to the right side, but it was no bueno. And then of course it has the caption, you had one job. So here's the deal. If you claim to be a disciple of Christ, which is super important in your life, right? Because once you become a disciple, you get the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is all the different ways that you need to love each other better. So loving each other better becomes natural. And if you don't know Christ and you're hesitant because of the lives and stupidity of people that claim to be disciples— of Pharisee, pharmaceutical type people, of overly religious people, rude people, people who are hateful and still claim to know Jesus, uh, get over it. That's, that's not the actual disciple of Christ. Uh, a disciple of Christ is concerned of two things, loving God and loving others. That's it. So I don't care what category of politics you fall in, of who you choose to love, who you choose to be, I am commanded, demanded to love you. Whether I agree with you or not, I'm commanded to love you and be obedient to Jesus and his commands. So if you've listened to this podcast ever, uh, all of his commands fall under those two things, loving God and loving others. So they are not they are not burdensome, and frankly, it's really the only way to freedom. So here's the problem. You have one job as a disciple of Christ, and that's to go make other disciples of Christ. That's what Jesus said. It's foolish to make excuses about discipling others. The majority of my own Christian walk avoided being a disciple and being a disciple maker and discipling others. So Jesus did not call us to make healthy marriages. He called us to, and, and you can read this in Matthew, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I am always with you, even to the end of the age. 
Marriage mentoring and discipling other couples cannot be focused on building a healthy marriage. That is not the goal. That is no longer the goal of my own marriage ministry. The goal of my marriage ministry now and my vision is to use marriage ministry to make disciples of Jesus Christ. The focus must be to make disciples. If you are a true disciple, it's your biggest goal in life. I used to make so many excuses like, well, that's just not how God uses me. Or, um, you know, I'm a more show them kind of guy. Or I just don't want to be presumptuous. Or even worse, man, I don't have the time. You got one job, losers, and I'm one of them. And that's to make disciples. And it's foolish to make excuses in discipling others. Uh, The majority of Christians and the majority of my life claiming to be a disciple was avoiding discipling others and not making it a priority. Yeah, I mean, I preached and shared about Jesus to large audiences around the world, but I did not take the time to walk alongside someone and truly disciple them. Pastor John Piper says, to disciple someone is a very long process. That is like a lifetime process. So get them converted, baptize them, and then spend a lifetime teaching them to obey all that Jesus said. That is what the verb disciple in the New Testament would include. So today is about discipling other couples. It is honestly, besides second to following Christ, the most important thing you will ever do to keep your marriage healthy, to keep it growing, to be satisfied, to be content with each other, to be peaceful and patient and kind in your reactions, you've got to start finding and praying for God to bring couples into your life that you can lead to Jesus and then spend a lifetime investing in them, guiding, helping them be more mature. So how does discipling others happen? What does it look like? Well, it starts with sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, his life, death, and resurrection. Sharing your own story of how you began following Christ and becoming a true, authentic disciple, right? Someone who's obeying his commands. We mentor others by imitating Jesus in our own lives and spending the time and energy to guide others in doing the same. If you're going to disciple someone, it starts by living a life worthy worthy of being imitated by others. Jeff Safarite, Safarite, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, encourages us, I want you to have access to my life. Imitate what you see in me that looks like Jesus. Bring to my attention the stuff that doesn't. So mentoring and discipling other couples is not about being better than them. It's not that, oh, look at me and do what I'm doing. It's, it's really, yeah, look at me. I'm trying to imitate Christ. And when I'm not, even though I'm discipling or mentoring you, I want you to call me out on it. That's what it looks like. It's a relationship, not some uh, domineering I'm trying to think of the political word, and I can't think of it right now. You know, dictatorial, 
type of relationship. Perhaps the, and so the greatest thing you're going to do is disciple other couples. You will not be able to avoid. You just can't avoid growing closer to Jesus and in your marriage. If you are discipling other people, it keeps growth. It keeps learning. It keeps uh, Jesus in the you know front and center in your life and in your brain. And being a lifelong learner, really, if you're focused in, in actually doing the work of discipling others, being a lifelong learner, it's not even a choice anymore. It becomes a lifestyle, unmistakably pursuing knowledge and skills in order to be more like Christ. Actively discipling others becomes natural. And so there's an abundance of opportunities and strategies in how we can disciple others. Titus 2.4, older women training younger women. 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul trained Timothy to train others to train others. Ephesians 6.4, fathers training your children. Matthew 28.20, missionaries teaching the nations everything Jesus commanded. Hebrews 3.13, and look, if I know I'm going through these fast, so go to smalleyinstitute.com, click on podcast. And all of this stuff is in the notes. So Hebrews 3.13, all Christians are to urge each other every day to avoid sin and to stir each other up to love and good reactions to people behaving badly toward them. Hello. Can you see how that benefits your marriage, your relationships? Because you're surrounding yourself with people that are urging you every single day to avoid those four repulsive reactions and to stir up, to encourage you, to inspire, to motivate, to like cheer, to love other people and to have good reactions when they're behaving badly, when others are behaving badly. Check out Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Uh, 1 Peter 4.10 says, all disciples are called to use their gifts to serve others. All of them, not just a couple. Acts 18.24 through 26. This is Priscilla and Aquila. On the spur of the moment, it seems, explain the way of God more accurately to Apollos. And I did full disclosure, borrow this list of strategies and how to disciple others from desiring God, (laughs) desiring dog. I do not, well, you can desire a dog, I guess. Just don't turn your dog into an idol. So desiringgod.org. Becoming an authentic disciple of Jesus means you guide unbelievers by showing them Christ. Making a disciple, discipleship or marriage mentoring, is guiding other believers to grow more and more mature. Being a marriage mentor, guiding believers, is not an option. It is a command. 